Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price Tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 83. I am here with one of my closest friends, Katie Riddle, who I will introduce in a moment. We are just going to recap Vanderpump Rules this week, and then I will do a little bit on Atlanta because I have some family visiting and can't, unfortunately, recap Summer House and Jersey, but we'll definitely be getting to that in two weeks. For now... Miss Katie Riddle, one of my closest friends, a friend of the pod, an absolutely hilarious <laughs> teacher by day, Bravo drinker, no, Bravo watcher and wine drinker by night. Yes. <laughs> Hi, everyone. How are you doing, Katie? I'm doing good. What do you think of this season of Vanderpump Rules? Oh, I really didn't see all these friendships breaking apart, but also no one works there anymore. <laughs> I know. One interesting thing I wanted to point out so I was reading Brian Moylan's recaps, which he does for Vulture magazine, which are so, so funny. And he was saying that he feels like the former cast, so like the OGs, are kind of like openly hostile to the new people and almost refusing to basically hang out with them so that the cast isn't really integrated. They're sort of like the OGs, which we all know and are interested in watching, and then the new people who are having difficulty with storylines because none of the OGs seem to want to film with them. And so he was saying, like, are we seeing them refusing to bend to the whims of the producers? Mm. What do you think about that? Well, I think part of it is, like, this is a lot of their income. Like, who's paying for Jackson? Like, who? all these houses that they've just bought. Oh, now that God. they are not working at the the restaurant anymore like they have to have an income coming in and this is definitely from the show so if they're not like the highlight of the show then they're not going to be able to have these endorsements on instagram or these fabulous trips paid for like i think this is like their income so they're not letting producers have these side stories like you know take their shine away i think that's a big do you think, and I don't know this, that their contracts are dependent on how many episodes they're in? So like, for example, Kristen Doty got really pissed that she was left out of a few episodes and I'm pretty pissed she was as well. But do you think that like she didn't get paid for those episodes? I mean, I get, I, I would assume she was not getting paid for those. Interesting. But also, like, I was excited to see, like, a break because I'm done with her, like, crying in the corner, calling <laughs> herself, a, I'm a victim, and, like, Carter, like, oh, like, we're, like, it's so sad that we broke up, and, like, oh, we had sex, and, like, it... It's just over and over, and I get why I'm get, I'm feeling the same level as her friends, and I'm not even friends with her. I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so you're definitely on the Katie Stassi side. I'm definitely side. on their side. Like I definitely think that they're not showing every little part of like what's what's really annoying about the relationship. Right. But I mean, I I get like if you're going through a breakup and going back and forth, like I've been there myself. But like I keep those things private because my friends don't want to hear about it. <laughs> That is so funny. Well, we will definitely get to that in a bit. Um, let's start by talking about one of the most actively toxic relationships on the show, which is not, maybe not Kristen and Carter, but definitely Raquel and James. Oh, oh my God. Gosh. I know we both love James Kennedy. You I, I love James <laughs> Kennedy. Like, ultimately, I mean, he's the one I've probably followed the most of like, he'll say he's coming with the live show. And like, he's like, welcome Houston Dex. I'm like, oh, 
like a stab <laughs> in the heart. Like it's not DC. I'm like heartbroken. I think he everything. He's just so good with his one liners. He's so funny. It's not about the pasta. Like, <laughs> like he just has so, the B. My favorite still the BMW selfies. Oh like my! The, the, no, the Beamer. The, the Beamer selfies. Like oh, oh I just love. Him. Take a Beamer selfie. I can't. <laughs> I can't do his accent for the yeah, life of I me. I can't either. But he he's my favorite. La 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 la. Um, so Raquel, uh, went out and had a little too much to drink with her girlfriends, came home and forgot her phone in the kitchen and passed out. And James had also gone out drinking and was trying to call her mm-hmm. and was just freaking out that she wasn't answering, angry at her, started calling her a slut and a whore in text messages. I feel like this goes beyond rage texting to like harassing texts, threatening he's never going to marry her. He's going to break up with her. And Raquel was so upset she didn't even read all of the texts. I was so sad. Yeah, I mean, we've all been in like relationships where like our significant other treats us like dirt, right? And he does it over and over again and through texts or like how he talks about her. Um, But I think on her side of it, she's, I feel like she's fame hungry. Like she's only dating him because she's on the show now. And now like, has a job at sir and talks to Lisa. Like, I think she's fame hungry and she's weighing, like, I'm going to ignore everything he says to me because I'm on the show. And like, I'm thinking long-term plan. Like, I think she's like really smart and playing dumb and on the show, but I think she has a long-term goal of becoming like something else. And, but the problem is she's so boring to watch. I like, don't want to like even give her five minutes because she's like, Oh, so boring. I'm she talks like a pageant princess. Like, <laughs> um, I fell asleep. I was like, well, aren't you blackout? Like, how are you describing what happened to you? Like detailed. It's like, I woke up and this is what happened. You know, <laughs> And every, I call people and they tell me like, Katie, you left at eight. Like you got to like go back in the steps and find out what you did. But like, I, I think it's interesting. I think she's playing it long term. Like this is not a relationship. So that's why she's probably not taking it emotionally until the girls start telling her that you need to stick up for yourself. She's like, Oh, I didn't even think of that. I I actually disagree. I think she started out the relationship for fame, but I think she fell in love with him and is mm-hmm. deeply in love with him and is very codependent and trying to prevent him from drinking. And she feels like it's her responsibility. So she even said, so then later Ariana confronted her and was like, can you show me these messages that he sent you? It was like, I was in a, you know, mm-hmm you know, verbally abusive relationship before this is not okay. And she, Raquel basically said like, he wouldn't have gotten so drunk if she didn't. Right. And it's like, she's like, Oh, it's my fault because I decided to have a night out having fun and not babysit him. Yeah. (laughs) It's sort of what she's saying. And Ariana's like, no, it's, it's not your fault. And he shouldn't be doing this. And I think Raquel has probably for a long time known that he's had a problem mm-hmm. with drinking and probably maybe drugs too, as alluded on the last reunion where they talked about how he drinks and does uppers. And he, she just is like, well, he's so lovely when he's sober. Maybe, maybe that's why she likes him. Mm-hmm. But she's definitely, you know, been doing some things that aren't helpful right to yeah in that relationship and what I thought was so mature of her was she talked about going wanting to go to Al-Anon meetings um, which are meetings for people who are friends or family of alcoholics yeah to help them cope with with having someone they love so dearly um, struggle with alcoholism so I thought she showed a lot more maturity mm-hmm. and then when she talked about she was trying to kind of stand her ground the the only way she knows how, which is like kind of timidly. But because she never seems to stand up for herself, I feel yeah. like he finally listened. And she basically said like he's projecting his embarrassment onto her. She's not embarrassed, you know, and she's not going to give him another chance. Like this is it. Yeah. And she can't stop him from drinking. He has to make that choice himself. Yeah. I mean, she said like everything that was like exactly what she should be saying, I think. Um, I'm kind of interested why, um, like, I feel like it's interesting for those conversations to be on live TV, right? Like if my, not live TV, or just like, TV, or TV <laughs> but I'm saying like, I would want that to not be filmed. The conversation that I'm having with him about it, right? because it's very, and I would want to get into the nitty gritty of like, 
if you drink again, I'm leaving. And like, I, if I, like that would be, I would she give said that. Like, but I feel like she's like, when you drink, like you do not drink again. Like you will not take a sip. No, but she says, again. if you yeah. do, I will break up. We will break up is what she said. I, cause I took it as if you send me texts like this again, then I'm breaking up. Oh not no. Based on his behavior, his behavior, not his like, Oh, alcohol. The alcohol use. Use. Oh, interesting. So that's how I took it, which I would be like, it's more about the alcohol. Like, yeah, we have to fix this first before you treat me differently because you're not in control of your emotions. So like, where's the root cause of this is the alcohol. Like if you take one sip, you will not be dating me anymore. Yeah. And then like how he like walked out of the door and comes back in. It's like a power trip. Like he's like totally manipulating her as well. He is. And, And then he does start. If you heard his voice, how it changed, like, like, like to like baby like baby voice mm-hmm. like manipulating um but i mean i i feel bad for anybody in a position that you know is being talked to that way or being disrespected and yelled at like absolutely i do not support that um but i think i i think i don't understand why she's still with him i would have left him a long time ago yeah that's so. yeah there's definitely something to be said for that but it's just a very interesting relationship to watch. Yeah. Because it's like, how are they still together? And he even said he was so triggered by her not answering the phone because he used to not answer the phone and he was off doing things he shouldn't have been doing. I felt like he was almost admitting that he had cheated on her when uh-huh. he was talking because he was like, well, I know it's L.A. Like people are going to be talking to her. She's pretty you know, the kind of stuff I used to be doing, or he made some sort of reference Mm. to like how he used to be. And it's like, James, she's not you. She's a kinder person. (laughs) She's more thoughtful. She cares about you. And I don't think she wants to hurt you. You know, why always assume the worst, but he's definitely, yeah. Although according to him, he is nine months sober today. So, you know, maybe that was the last time he ever drank. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish that it's true, but you know, it, it's only time will tell. I think about your behavior and your actions, but also like you can tell us whatever you want, but it, if it's not the truth, it, it just ends up hurting yourself to keep going with something that, you know, you're not truly faithful to. What I am so in awe of and confused by is Lala's sobriety and how she's always at bars and they're always drinking. She's even ordering drinks for her friends and she's still abstaining from drinking. I don't think I would be able to do that. I have no idea how she's able to do that, especially only a year in to being sober. You know what I mean? It's not like she's got like uh, 20 years under her belt or something. And they drink so much. They drink so much. I don't know Has anyone in our friend group ever gotten up on a table? No. Like they go to the extreme. Like we're like fancy high heels and like, you know, two wine glasses. Like peace, love you, bye. We're going home to watch the next Netflix binge. Like these people like turn up. They're like, wait till the bars close. And she's still hanging out with them. Like, you know, when people switch and you're like, what are you talking about? Like you get confused in the conversation. If you're the one, the sober one in their shit face, like it's, it's hard to keep up with what they're talking about. It's annoying. The ground's sticky. You know, like, <laughs> sticky. You, like I, I went to a place recently and I, I could not walk because my shoes kept sticking to the ground that I felt like I was getting an extra orange theory glass <laughs> after of like, it's just ridiculous. But I just think that it would be so annoying to be the only sober one. It definitely would be, but she doesn't seem to mind it too much. So they're at Ariana's birthday and this, we had a pump rules miracle. We had an eighth season and Stassi did not make a big deal about her birthday. birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> oh, gosh. Maybe she's grown up. You know, I, I think that's what it is. I think she's grown up a bit. I think she also has a bit of what she wants in life in terms of Bo. And she's in a good place with her mom. And she's in a good place with most of her friends. Yeah. I think she doesn't feel this, like, desire for attention in the same way. She's also getting so much attention from her book and just on the show yeah. that I think she's kind of like okay I've I've like had enough attention like you know eyes yeah. off me for a second and so Ariana has this birthday and their birthday is the same day June 24th not that I have that memorized mm. <laughs> and um so 
I thought it was nice that she came to celebrate Ariana because I think Ariana doesn't make a big deal about herself as often. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to see. Um, Of course, last week, Jax kicked Tom Sandoval out of his wedding party and told him he was disinvited from the wedding for questioning uh, how him and Brittany had handled the homophobic pastor situation. And so now they have to figure out what to do. And Tom is trying to get back into the wedding. He sent a text apology, which is exactly what Jax had asked for. But now that Tom did it, it's not enough. What do you yeah. think about that like whole situation? Like oh, this is like you're what, from the south. I know. Like um, I think part of I like to see Tom's point of view of this because I see like you're hurt, like you're standing up for your significant other. Um, like hey, like I know you saw the Twitter or all the tweets about this and because we were like I don't know what it's called because I'm not on Twitter but like cc'd on <laughs> I don't know what it's called oh my god Katie. but like <laughs> like like everyone knows you saw it and so um and then finally like Lisa make you know like makes the phone call and makes them or it's very highly suggest that you need to find someone else because this is not acceptable um and it's totally normal for them to question like why did it take up till then for you to make a choice about it but also i think it's very odd that they know that there's everyone's seeing the tweets what why didn't tom and ariana reach out to jacks before and then before and say like hey did you see this like what are you gonna do about this well like, address yeah. it like it seemed like they kind of waited around for them to make a choice but um I would have made sure that like my voice or my opinion was thought thought of like because as a southern woman like um, like if it was a one tweet thing like I don't know how I'd feel as well like I'm not there like um, I think it's it's very normal in the south the south um, for people to make inappropriate you know comments and unacceptable like talk you know just overall like hate. Um, and you can't change a whole part of the country, you know, but you know that like in your childhood, I've always dreamed of being married at this church or this environment. And this is the only pastor that can go to this church. Like there's a lot of factors that we're not thinking of that she's probably thinking of. Mm -hmm. Um, but I absolutely think that, um, that it was a great call to cancel on that because a lot of the guests or people that they're are in the LGBTQ community or supporters of it. And I wouldn't stand for it either. Um, but I think it's odd for them to be so upset with Tom about like punch the punch in the F out and just be that upset. Knock him out. Knock him out. out, Sandoval. Yeah. And I was, I was like, what is going on? I think, First, it should have never been discussed at a bar. It should have been discussed like at a coffee place. If you're going to talk about religion and politics, <laughs> do not mix well with alcohol. Um, but their reaction just made it seem like they were they were so forced defensive. into a corner that they, they had so, to make the choice. They were so defensive. It wasn't a choice that they made themselves. I was following this pretty closely in real time, and I remember seeing. Some screenshots, they weren't even tweets. I think it was primarily on Facebook because, you know, this pastor is older. He's probably sharing all this crap on Facebook. A lot of the tweets were from 2015 Mm. when uh, gay marriage became legal in the United States. Mm. And he was apparently very triggered by this. I think the story was first picked up during the last while the last season was airing because they reshowed that episode of Watch What Happens Live when all of the female cast from Vanderpump Rules was on and there was a question from the audience you know that a tweet that Andy read which was asking Brittany about her pastor and she very vehemently denied it said that they had talked to him about it he had said that he didn't have those views and like everyone ended up applauding her and the only person who seemed to not have bought into that was Ariana. They Mm -hmm. kind of zeroed in on her and she was not smiling and she was not clapping. So I feel like that sort of effectively like ended the conversation amongst the group about Mm -hmm. the pastor. But what happened was before the wedding, the like Facebook posts resurfaced. There was, I forgot who, but someone on Twitter put this whole thread together of the various posts that he had Mm. done and been like, there are more. It's not just one thing. It's not one time. 
And unfortunately, Kristen Doty very recently was saying, oh, he was just quoting Bible verses, unfortunately. But that's not true. He was saying that, like, our country was satanic for having embraced marriage equality. And which is not in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just very odd that, like, it was brought up again and it Mm -hmm. kind of went viral. And then there were, you know, articles written about it and all of the cast had seen it. It was on various social media platforms. The cast members were mm-hmm. tagged, so they can't not see it. So I kind of believe Ariana. Like, I yeah. think Brittany tried not to. I think she tried really hard not to see it. Yeah, and it's also like, um, like we don't know what she's thinking. It could also be like her family is persistent oh, of this pastor. Yes. Their family, friends. Like, I could see like why she's you know, trying to turn the blind eye, but like sometimes you have to rise above like what your family says and like, what's the correct thing mm-hmm. in this environment for me and my new future husband. Um, I mean, she made the decision finally, which, you know what, two weeks before. Um, and then the best was like, Oh, we're going to have Lance Bass. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so what I don't get is if it was your family, did you, you chose to just be like, let's get, you know, the most, out in the the community, like it's you know it's that Lisa had to have re- like given Recommend, that recommended like best friends. So Lisa and Lance Bass are very close, and also Lance Bass and Jax are in business together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what they're in business together. Some sort of like water product or <laughs> who knows who knows what they're in business together on but they're they are close friends and he was invited to the wedding mm-hmm. so it's not like it was out of nowhere but I'm sure it was an idea from Lisa yeah I mean I mean in the end they did what's right I think yeah. it's not okay for them to be upset with friends that are questioning what's going on but again these it's interesting to see like why so, they have to film everything and I feel like some things like that sh- like Really yeah. cornering your friend about something that you, you know, about something honest, like conversation about that um, is something that needs to be had between two friends. But I mean, I still want to watch it. I, I, I like I, it on I, camera. I, you know, I want to watch it, too. But I think it's interesting, like what they choose to film and not. And it's and what they choose to show on the show, because yeah. they film a lot of things and they pick and choose Like, it's interesting, Sheena was saying that her problem with Dana wasn't actually Dana and Max, but the fact that Dana's life is being showcased, her interest in comedy, you know, things like that, whereas Sheena has a podcast that's never been shown on the show, and a whole lot of other things about her life, including her stint in Vegas, like, that wasn't shown, so Sheena's just frustrated at her portrayal and how someone who hasn't gone through seven full seasons of the show is getting a different kind of edit and portrayal um because she's boring to watch she's i mean she's interesting when she's like oh well we're just best friends we're like best friends we're best friends (laughs) and i like when she does that crazy talk like that's my favorite part of her right is like she just keeps doing crazy stuff but like the things she's really doing i'm not really that interested in what she's doing i think it's like who she's dating and and who she's sunk her claws into. Yeah. Like, that's the best. But, I mean, they do show Stassi's podcast. They show Kristen's, like, Dodie's, like, shirt line. That's not particularly interesting. Katie's Pucker and Pout website. They haven't really mentioned that her... In a long time. In a long time. Yeah. So... Um, I don't even know what Katie is doing. Like, Lala, give them Lala. Like, there's a lot of you know, product placements and things that other cast members are getting that she's not getting. And they're only showing a very like small snippet of her. So I get why she's frustrated. But back to Jax and Tom Sandoval. So Tom is kind of, you know, saying, I'm sorry for bringing it up. I'm sorry for the way I did it. And everyone wants Jax to forgive him because it'll make everybody's life easier. But also Stassi's saying like, he'll probably regret it if he doesn't have Sandoval in his wedding, you know? And so Jax like accepts his apology and then does a confessional where he's like, I'm not over it. I'm just doing this to like get everyone off my back. Yeah. But it's also like inviting someone that you might be in a fight with, but like, like, it's not completely over as a friendship, but and you don't want them to feel excluded and you don't want your friends to be in the middle of it. But it's also like, it's okay for him to still be upset. I mean, 
he has this right he, to his own opinions of it, but yeah, but he phrased it in a way like I am not over it, not like oh, like I'll it'll take me some time, but I'll get there. No, he phrased it as like I'm still angry, and to this day, he said it was a mistake to have Sandoval in his wedding. I think it's interesting about, um, like when what was her name? Um, Stassi was asking him about is the friendship over? Like you don't think there's any repair? Then invite him. Right. But she didn't say put him back in the wedding party. She was saying just invite him to the wedding. Right. Right. So it's interesting why he chose to put him back in the wedding. I think it would be hard for him to navigate the like politics of him not being in the wedding, but being there because he had planned so many things like when they got to Kentucky, how he had like all the special ice for their drinks and fans. Fan, and, I yeah, love him for all these. Weird I love things. him. But it is it is as they're getting older, there is a fundamental difference between the two of them. Yeah. And that Sandoval, I believe, is a very kind and good and, you know, partner. And he's not selfish and he's growing out of his selfish tendencies. And he is much more, quote unquote, woke you know, and yeah. and same with Ariana. They pay attention to what's happening in the mm-hmm. world and in their community. And Jax and Brittany are very self-absorbed and only think about themselves. And it, it's just this like fundamental difference in, you know, I, I, I would say like Jax and Brittany would be the kind of people that would like forget to vote. Right. And then Ariana would be like, oh, my God, it's Super Tuesday, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. Get it together, you know. So I just feel and I think, you know, when you are fundamentally like discounting what someone's identity is, like, for example, let's say he wasn't talking about the LGBT community. Let's say the pastor was talking about Jews. You know, I'm Jewish. If he was like, oh, Jews, you know, you got to love them. But like they're going to hell. I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not going to that wedding. I'm not going to be in a wedding where the person who is at the pulpit and marrying this couple that's supposed to bring them together in love, you know, before the eyes of God thinks that I am unworthy and going to hell. It's just, you know, and I think other people, let's say they, you know, it was someone's race. So just because it's a sexuality, I feel like people are like, oh, you know, he's religious or Southern. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, I it's mean, not really. It's, an ex- hard. it's hard because, but I, I felt for Brittany and that her family is, is a little bit farther behind socially than she is. Yeah. And, and that's, that's okay, but you shouldn't have to compromise who you are. This is your wedding. I think she's a people pleaser. Yeah. But at the same time, she's incredibly selfish. So she like wants everyone to be happy, but she also wants everything she wants. Yeah. Like her fairy tale (laughs) princess, you know. Oh dear. Oh gosh. But it's interesting because there's so many parts of, you know, being from the South and hearing like what, and I, I, you know, am a Christian as well. And I know like my pastor believes certain ways, but they're not going to go on Facebook and start these hate, like allegations or like just hateful things. Right. It's what they do is like, they're going to pray about it and, you know, like pray about a decision that's different from theirs, but they're going to be respectful and they're not going to be like on a hate train. And I think it's interesting because I'm from the South. And if I ever knew a pastor that would say anything out loud or any social media, that would be an absolute no. Like you can have your own opinions and that could be something that. Well, that's just like what Jax on. was saying, though, because he was like, you can have your own opinions. Just don't share them on social media. But, and that's is, fine because everybody is working on their biases, right? Like this is something yeah. that you're working on. You can't. I don't think he's working on it. No, I think. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference between like knowing that you have a problem with something and trying to deal with it yeah. and work through it versus just flat out ignoring ignoring that there's that there's anything wrong with you for being hateful yeah I mean I'm just glad that they finally got Lance Bass me too so so the best part of the entire episode was when they do this mock commercial for Sandman or whatever it's like Sandoval's your best man and how he's like the perfect best man and you could like rent him to be a best man and the best part was Sheena and she was like he wasn't the best man in my wedding, and now I'm divorced. <laughs> and then it says divorce, like, across the screen. Um, 
I, I loved it. It's a good, like, you know, it's 80s, cute. like, little commercial. But it made it, like, laugh because it's we've had a lot of serious stuff about, like, them fighting and fighting and fighting. And you're like, okay, but we all of this show, like, for also comedy, right? Yes. I mean, my favorite is when they did the snap, the snip, or this, like, the piece when he was playing the trumpet. Oh, my the, God. With the <laughs> mute. My favorite Tom clip of all time and him like getting his hair braided like he does these crazy things like I would love to see his credit card season one when he used to razor his face like shave his forehead to exfoliate and and straighten it into him (laughs) but him and Kristen used to fight over the straightener oh oh my god those were the days I mean it's he's always good to watch when he does his, and when he's in his element and he just does these quirky things, it's awesome. So then we get to Kristen Doty. So she's finally in this episode. And as you were saying, she's a little bit annoying about how she's talking about Carter. She definitely tried to, she was definitely drunk, right? And so it was Katie. And they, she was trying to bond over maybe doing a shot together. And Katie looked at her like she was nuts. Like, we're not getting along. Why are you pretending like everything's fine? And then, you know, Katie's like, well, how was Carter? And is he coming to the wedding? And Kristen's like, of course. And I would be super annoyed at this too because Katie's like, he is only coming because of you. No one's independently friends with Carter. He's not friends with Jackson Brittany. Yeah. He's around them because you're around them, you know? And so you're not together anymore. You broke up. So why is he still coming, you know? And then he didn't even stay with her because – they basically said the wedding party is going to stay in the castle in Versailles, Kentucky. Yeah. And he was going to be at some hotel. So it's the whole thing makes no sense. And I, I, I really like Kristen and I feel I'm rooting for her, but I can see how it's incredibly frustrating for her to be unable to cut the cord. Yeah. She needs to ditch him. Get rid of him. But she can't. And it's exhausting to watch it's so much worse it i mean i've been in a relationship as well like when it's really hard to like cut it loose and it's i think she's really got to be strong and and not see him not talk to him not call and definitely not invite him to like you're not really a date you're not really a guest plus one like plus one i would (laughs) love to see the invitation card it was like plus carter you know, like, what? like ex-boyfriend yeah. slash question mark. Who knows? <laughs> what? Like, it's the whole thing is crazy. So then they get to Kentucky and the castle actually was very beautiful. I thought the rooms were really cool and interesting. Unfortunately, Jackson, Brittany's dogs come and one of them has diarrhea all over the floor, which was probably the most relatable thing I've seen on the show in a <laughs> long time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, given my dog and her inflammatory bowel disease. Um, but my favorite quote was uh, uh, Kristen saying, um, but it's like by the highway. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And she's like, I mean, we're staring at a highway, but it's still really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then um, Lala, they're getting ready for the rehearsal dinner and Lala shows up. Oh my up. gosh. Shows up in a white lace dress like, well, it's the, re- it's, the- it's just the rehearsal dinner. Yeah, it's like it's like- not the actual wedding. Like, t- no. They're like, you cannot wear white the entire weekend. No. She's like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) Where are these rules I need to follow? (laughs) Uh, Because you know she would be pissed if someone, she like was like, oh, I thought like, would I be angry? And I'm thinking, yeah, you would be, girl. Everyone's wearing black. (laughs) (laughs) So that was hilarious. And then um, they do the rehearsal walkthrough and you know, Sandoval is standing right after Jax and then it's Schwartz with his umbrella and he's and being his such fan. a good man, good best uh-huh. man. He's fanning Jax. He's protecting him from the hot Kentucky sun. This is the end of June in Kentucky. It's definitely warm. And, but Jax was like, Brittany, the one thing we agreed on is that Schwartz would be next to me and like, the, and then Sandoval would be behind him. Like I'm, I want Schwartz to be next to me when I get married. Like, he is my number one now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brittany just oh, it was just really tough. And then they tell, you know, Sandoval and he, he gets it, but he's just still disappointed. Yeah. I mean, 
I see why Brittany's like, okay, everyone's watching. Like, let's not do this now. Like, let's talk about it later. Which and the way she said, like, okay, like you know, we're gonna mix it up a little bit. Like, man, she's really good at that. She, she's gonna be excellent with kids because it's like a consequence, but you're not really. They don't know about it. <laughs> like, no, you're gonna go second. Or you're gonna be second. It's even better because then you'll get to see the first person walk through, and that's more terrifying, you know. Yeah, like, she's gonna be great with kids. You can I think that. she'll be a really good mom yeah. too. Um, and so then the last thing that we haven't talked about is just some of the new folks. So Charlie and Brett. So Charlie's an interesting one. She's never tasted avocado into this until this year, and she's never eaten pasta. And she goes on a date with Brett, who she claims is boring. I think she's pretty boring. But anyway, Brett was talking about his ex-girlfriend a lot. What's interesting is his ex-girlfriend is very famous. Um, It's some YouTube star makeup tutorial person. Um, I I cannot remember her name. Carly or something like that. Mm -hmm. So he was in a lot of those videos. So like people knew who he was. I think he was cast for the show because he only moved to L.A. right before they started filming. So I don't think he had any prior relationship with anyone. I think Mm -hmm. they handpicked him. And they go on this date last episode and he talks about his ex-girlfriend. Probably not as much as they made it sound, but enough that Charlie was like, yeah, I don't really want to date someone that talks about their ex. And she thought he was boring and only talked about himself. And Sheena was all jealous because whatever. And she like told Brett to kind of watch out and not really trust Charlie. But then she took it back and was like, I don't trust any of the new people. Anyway, it ends up being this whole fiasco between Brett, Charlie and Sheena. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Did you even enjoy watching it? Uh, I mean, I feel so bad for him. Like, I actually thought, for him. Yeah, I oh. actually thought like he was a nice guy. He like correctly asked them one out to go on a date. Um, like pick the place like he like according to like her like vegan like that he's like something new about himself was like a vegan and she did like picking a restaurant thank god you know how guys never do that uh, yeah that's they like true. where do you want to go and you're like okay well here's three options pick one you know he actually like took the initiative, the initiative which i like yes. that but i didn't like how he handled when they were arguing with like he basically so then everyone's kind of arguing with each other and Charlie's upset that Brett told her what Sheena said because like wasn't she supposed to be friends with Sheena and he raises his voice I think he was kind of yelling he was kind of like he didn't realize he was but he was and she's like please like can you not yell and he's like now I'm being scolded for being honest this is why I can't be friends with girls because you take shit to the next level and I'm like okay Brett first of all you can be friends with women Second of all, you are not friends with either of these women. You made out with Sheena and you asked Charlie out on a date. So that is not friend territory. So this is on you for trying to get involved with these two women that you also work with. Come on. Like, don't make this whole blanket. He's also super sexist if you looked at his old tweets. Oh, wow. So he's like one of the ones who had the racist tweets and the sexist tweets. Max was much more racist than Brett. Brett was very misogynistic. Um, and you know the yeah they were like eight years ago, but still, like if he's being misogynistic as like a seventeen eighteen year old, like what do we think he's like now? Has he really grown up so much, or has he actually had kind of a hatred and <laughs> of women? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still feel like I hate when people like show emotion and then people like you need to rate like lower your voice like I feel like people do that to trigger more emotions like the way she was saying it was not to be nice to get him to calm down all she had to do like okay like like hey like calm down like like take a breath like she was trying to like she was amping him him on Mm -hmm. and so for me I still feel bad for him in this situation because um like two girls are like cornering him and being catty and like basically he thought the day went well. It didn't go well. She talked about it behind his back to Sheena. And then um, then there, he's confronted at work in front of everybody. Like, I would be embarrassed. And he not react like he shouldn't have said these things. But I feel like they, like, went into for a fight. Well, and then she left and he was, like, you know, trying to defend himself. And she's like, yeah, you can write about that in your diary. Like, Such a bitch. I loved the bitchiness, though. I, but it, In it, a way. It, it was kind of fun to watch because I think he's that kind of guy who thinks he deserves every woman and think he knows he's attractive. Yeah. He's charming. And I feel like he's used it 
to manipulate people before. And she's just like, I see through you. I think she's just young and immature and thinks that well, I'm going to have are. these great like one-liners and have these, I'm going to walk out and say this because I'm going to look good on the show. Like, I just think it just, it's, to me, it wasn't good TV. Like, I didn't, like, enjoy watching it as a fan of this show. Like, it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I do not want to watch little teenagers fighting. Right. Like, I want grown women throwing and ripping each other's wigs off. That's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I mean, what do you think of the future is for Vanderpump Rules? I, like, long term, I think it's going to fizzle because they brought these new people in. And they're just... We, as the fan base are a little bit older than these than our now yeah because yeah, we've like, been watching them we're them, growing or we're growing with them yeah and like i'm so i don't have any friends that are like 25 or 20 25 or younger and it's like annoying right like i don't want to watch somebody like did you talk to him like showing your phone like of the upcoming episode like do do who is this oh person? Dana, Dana like confronting max, max about like who is this sh- like um, if I thought that he did this, I don't need to go talk to him about it. Like I'm old enough for like, no thanks. Like, bye. Like I just, it's the drama that of when you're in your twenties and I'm, I just don't relate to it anymore. I think Dana's like 29 or 30 though. to watch. Like I love like watching shows. Like it's, it's funny. It's relatable. Like a getting out of my day-to-day work life this is like back at stress level like you remember like everyone remembers when these 20 year olds like beautiful girls were so mean to you like I don't want to go back in time and relive this <laughs> like this was traumatizing for me like I don't want to go back and relive this and I think it's 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 not it's not for I feel I feel like you're, I'm you're feel like to, you're, I'm feeling like I'm losing interest we've been talking about that with the bachelor too and how like they've been yeah. casting younger and younger and it's just been harder to relate and it's weird to watch and there's all this like thirsty influencer culture that oh, is gosh. very unrelatable to people like us especially like yeah we're not in LA we don't spend a lot of time on Instagram like it's hard to like who are these people and what are their intentions like we're and, working on work yeah, like we're, 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 we, we have work. Jobs. We've been working for ten years. Like we're not gonna just be like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go play Barbie at home, and I'm gonna live in my parents' house and drink champagne all day. Like no one does that. Yeah, like we don't relate to that. Although The Bachelor at for next season is Claire Crowley. Um, shout out to Claire. She's 38. I Hallelujah. am so freaking excited to see her. She was great TV, tons of drama, but also I think knows who she is and will be a fantastic bachelorette. You know, yeah. that's who they should cast. I want to see people in their 30s, but you know, they tried everything. They've else. tried everything else. They brought it all the way down to barely legal. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, 21 year old like they've had an 18 year old when on the bachelor before really yeah oh my god but i think it's gonna but what's interesting is during the commercials it's like do you have a senior citizen you know what i mean oh yeah they have the aarp commercials no no no, it's from the bachelor it's bachelor (gasps) and i was like maybe they think senior citizens is our age group now (laughs) and they're looking to match her up with claire with a senior citizen because they think if if they think 19 is what a person that's ready to get married, then they got to think I'm a senior citizen. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. I thought that if my dad hadn't met anyone, like, wouldn't he be so funny on a show like that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I just can imagine him like not fully understanding the concept of the show too, but still like going throughout. (laughs) Yeah. He'd be like, um, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. My dad's Russian. (laughs) Anyway, any final thoughts? No, but I'm really hoping I haven't heard anything about summer or not summer house, uh, Southern Charm. So What's Southern Charm has started filming again. Okay, hallelujah. There was some. There are apparently two new cast members, I believe. Naomi and Chelsea are likely not returning or returning as some sort of friend capacity, and I think Danny might have been elevated. I don't know. That's sort of some of the rumors. Mm. Uh, so they're filming on kind of a different schedule because when they first filmed, they didn't really have anything for a show. So then they kind of had to shake things up and kind of restart. But that'll definitely be interesting. Yeah. And then I'm excited for Real Housewives of New York coming back. Oh, my God. I can't wait for New York. So excited about yes. Beverly Hills. 
Um, I believe Brandy Glanville is going to be on Danny Pellegrino's podcast next week. So that will be an interesting interview to listen to. Yeah. I was actually hanging out last weekend with a friend of mine and her mom and her mom's friend and her mom's friend watches Beverly Hills, um, but doesn't really pay attention to kind of the gossip that goes on behind the scenes or what's happening in real time. And we're like, you know what's going to happen on the season. She's like, what? We're like, so Denise Richards and Brandy Glanville apparently were having an affair. She's like, what? And she maintains that she never trusted Denise and never liked her and had all of these reasons. And it was just so funny. And she's like, well, of course she did it. Of course she lied. So I am just really, it'll be really interesting to see someone like Denise get confronted about it but I again I also don't want the dynamics of the group to be like all of everyone confronting one person the way it was with Lisa Vanderpump not that they weren't right just that it's not as interesting to watch Uh, we also as females we don't want one person to be ganged up on each other like just you know do you know classy like everyone else talk shit in front of their face and do it one-on-one you mean oh, coffee? You mean like if you're going to talk shit somebody, to them? Talk shit one to on one. them one on one, like Tamara judges. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for being thank here, Katie. Thank you so much. We'll have to have you back. Okay, thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. I'm back with a recap of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So it starts off with Ava's baby shower, and you'll all remember that she went into labor early, but they were able to stop it, and she is on a modified bed rest. So the baby shower is held at a friend of hers house. Um, I think the friend's name is Natasha, and the theme is sunflowers, love, and light. And Ava's really been growing on me this season. It kind of started out with like, why are you here? You're not that wealthy. You're not that interesting. There's nothing really going on with you. You just seem to like to throw a lot of shade. And over time, I feel like she's become sort of the narrator of the season, kind of really funny with how often she's eating and all of her ice chips and, you know, Her husband's also really grown on me, too. It was interesting to hear this season at the charity event that Mark Daly held, how he talked about how he was abandoned at birth and was adopted and believes every child um, should have, you know, the same care and love that he got and he's hoping to pay it forward and it's really beautiful that he ended up adopting Ava's daughter that she had from a previous relationship. So of course Nini comes and throws a little shade mentioning that it's interesting that the baby shower isn't at Ava's house that it's at her friend's house and no one's really seen Ava's house but we all know that Ava's previous relationship was very toxic and abusive and that her and her husband have had to move from home to home because her ex had been stalking them and was you know they had to get a restraining order he was very physical with with Ava so I mean it's not shocking that they don't show her house on TV she doesn't want him to be able to come find her I mean I don't know why Nini keeps bringing this up. Ava told her this last season in confidence, thinking that Nini's mic wasn't on. So I just thought that was really crappy of Nini. Anyway, at the baby shower, everyone is talking about Kenya's transformation into Ken. So Ken is what Mark Daly, her husband, calls her when he's kind of bossing her around. And around him, According to Portia, she's as quiet as a church mouse, and she's normally the one who really is loud and feisty and stands up for herself and fights people, and with him, she just kind of takes it all lying down, and it's really unsettling to see, especially as the episode unfolds. So Nini, you know, tried to, said she tried to extend an olive branch to Kenya, knowing that she's going to this charity event that Kenya and her husband are putting on. And the text message, I just, I was laughing so hard. So it apparently said, life is short between Greg's illness, going to Kim Porter's funeral, and the death of Nipsey Hussle. I have a baby gift for you. Um, <laughs> I'm just not sure what the depth of like Nipsey Hussle, like were any of them friends with him? Like I feel like the most realistic situation is Greg's illness, but you know, 
he was very sick last season, and that's when we saw at the end, you know, the disdain that Nini had for Kenya. So I'm just not entirely sure what's changed, but, you know, I think it was a nice, I guess, extended olive branch, but they just have so much bad blood. I don't know how it could, you know, be made better. And, of course, Kenya does not uh, return the favor. Then they play some baby shower games, which I don't find that interesting. And um, Kenya talks to Candy and Tanya, and Kenya wants Tanya to accept her apology, both for calling her a see you next Tuesday and for, you know, spreading, I don't know, a story about how her fiance was flirting with the cookie lady (laughs) and then bringing the cookie lady to a lunch that they all had. So, of course, Tanya doesn't want, uh, you know, she'll say, fine, I accept your apology but she's not going to bring her fiance into all of this mess and Kenya's like you know you should come to this charity event and bring Paul and Tanya's like no I'm not bringing Paul into this you were just talking about him to everyone and you know thinking like hey this is going to be a plot line for the show and it's going to be kind of embarrassing for us so why would I bring him into like more drama so I totally understand what Tanya's coming from I really feel like Kenya's in the wrong for all of this you know of all the people to pick on like why Tanya she's sweet she's kind she's Canadian she's just not someone who can go toe-to-toe with Kenya the way that Nini can or even the way that Portia or others can so why why pick on her it just seemed really I don't know it, it didn't sit right with me then after the baby shower it cuts away and we get to see Candy rehearsing for um, a role on a TV show called The Shy, which is based in Chicago. Now, I'm not familiar with The Shy, but it sounds like an interesting show, and Candy really wants this part, and so... I didn't realize that Candy was kind of a serious actress, and I really did think she did a pretty good job when she was practicing with them. But of course, the her baby, which is being born via a surrogate, is due at the same time that this role is going to be taping in Chicago. So of course, Candy's trying to figure out how to balance everything, and then she doesn't want to tell Todd not to, you know, work on his businesses because he's been so supportive of her career. So it'll be interesting to see when the baby comes how they kind of handle all of this then Cynthia goes over to Kenya's house before the big charity event like the day before and they're just talking Cynthia opens up about this fight that her and Mike had where they agreed to go to couples counseling before getting married because they want to work on their communication which I think is a really healthy thing I didn't think their fight was that terrible watching it felt sort of like okay this is a couple fight this is something that you guys can work through and I think therapy is a really good idea and and I was glad that both of them were really open to it. Of course, then Kenya kind of opens up about her situation with her husband and how they have very terrible communication. And he just kind of blows up at her. So it's almost that she's walking around on eggshells. And you can really see the difference between, you know, Mike and Cynthia wanting to work on their relationship and then Kenya and Mark, who just can't even talk about the problems in their marriage, at least not in a way that we've seen. The thing that I thought was most concerning is that Kenya said that Mark has only apologized to her once in their three-year relationship, and that's just absolutely insane. I would think it would actually be the other way around, given how stingy Kenya says she is with her apologies. And, you know, Cynthia mentioned, well, she would want Mike to kind of be honest with her, and Kenya's response, it was just so shocking. She said, you know, people in hell want ice water, but they're not going to get it. And it's just like, oh my gosh, Kenya, why are you clinging to this marriage? Like you got the baby that you wanted. Get out of this marriage. It is so dark and toxic. Then we see Nini on the phone with none other than her BFF, Wendy Williams, who has been in the news lately and not for good things. 
So she is asking Wendy for advice, saying that they're all going to Greece and she really wants to go because she wants to visit every city in the world, but she's not sure she wants to go on a trip that's being hosted by Kenya. Of course, it's being hosted by Kenya and Candy. And Wendy tells her, you know, she should go anyhow and just put her best, you know, self forward. But we all know that's probably not going to happen. Then we actually get to the big part of the episode, which is Mark and Kenya's charity event. The event is a gala for the Black Man Lab, which is a charity that inspires young black males by presenting them with examples of successful black businessmen. Um, Of course, Mark really makes this his event, even though he's based in New York and not Atlanta, and this is an Atlanta-based charity. And I would think he would say like, oh, Kenya and I are doing this together. But really, he made it all about himself, which was just kind of bizarre to watch. He asked all of the husbands of the other housewives to come speak and share their stories, but he didn't really reach out to them in advance and let them know how long they should talk for, what they should talk about, kind of the run of show, just kind of basics that you would do if you were holding an event. And Kenya put the whole thing together. She found the space. She got the caterer. She got security. She got a step and repeat. She figured out the tables. And beforehand, you know, she figured out who was going to sit where. And Mark changed all of it, saying that people from the Black Man Lab need to be sitting at specific tables with the Housewives cast. And she said it would really mess things up, which it definitely did later on. Of course, before the event, he tells her that she needs to get him something to wear, which, you know, she's like, you didn't tell me this before. She goes out. He has a suit. She buys a couple ties. Of course, he says he doesn't like them. She wants the ties to match her dress. He kind of is not nice about her dress. The sky just is awful. He and I can't tell. If he just hates her or he hates being on reality TV. But either way, it is like completely unacceptable for him to be treating her this way. And she just needs to get out. So, you know, everyone comes to the event and of course the ladies are not all sitting where they thought they would, which is causing some problems. One of the best things that I saw watching the show was when Marlo walked into this charity event with her two nephews. Um, so she, her sister has some problems and she's had to take custody of her sister's children and she's got these nephews and she's like, you know, they're young black men, um, you know, they're boys and I want them to see men that look like them that are successful, that have, you know, survived hardships like they're surviving and, you know, so she shows up with them. Of course, Kenya is frustrated that Marlo didn't buy a ticket for the three of them. Apparently it's $250 a ticket. So she's like, where's my $750? Mark was much kinder, you know, thinking like, thanks for bringing these boys. This is exactly what this charity is about. And of course, you know, when Marlo realized she wasn't sitting with anyone she knew, she was like, I'm not going to like stay here. This is weird. So she gets up to leave. Portia and Cynthia go after her, convince her and the boys to come back. Of course, Kenya just is so fixated on this and is so angry with Marlo, which makes no sense. I mean, she's just projecting the anger that she has for her husband, Mark, who's being a total jerk. And she's projecting that onto Marlo because she's not really allowed to be angry at Mark because he seems to constantly shut her down and turn her into Ken. Now, during the event, Mark never publicly thanked his wife. It's sort of like if you were doing an Oscar speech and you didn't thank your significant other, you know there's trouble in paradise. So Mark is heard later that evening telling a random woman that he hates the ride that comes with marriage. Um, And, you know, everyone knows that. And then there's this audio of Mark yelling at production. So they stop filming because apparently he's been yelling at them. And they have this audio of him basically being like, stop, you know, you have five minutes and to like get out, like otherwise, like, you know, I don't know, almost like threatening violence against them. Like you're done filming. This is over. And, um, you know, he's pissed at Kenya's the security people that she's hired and, 
He's like, save me from the drama. This is invasive. They can't film forever. They got to wrap it up. If I come back, it's going to be ugly. End it. End it. Now, I know he was talking about ending filming, but I think he also was talking about ending the marriage because we find out at the end of the episode that the next day they both separately filed for divorce. And that's how the show ends. It is so dark. It is so scary to actually witness what's happening and to know that now in real life, they've sort of potentially reconciled. Um, I don't think they've withdrawn the divorce, but, you know, Kenya says they're in a better place. I really would hope so. I can't imagine what it would be like for Mark to watch this back. But, of course, I don't expect that he's actually watching. So it was a pretty dark episode of Atlanta. I'm looking forward to next week when they go to Greece. I'm hoping it's a little bit lighter and we get a few laughs. Anyway, as always, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already. And you can follow me at ITRL underscore podcast on Instagram and also on Twitter. I'm also on Twitter at Mandy Slutsker, but I have a few less reality TV takes these days and a lot more political takes. So if you're interested in hearing about my views on the Democratic primary, be sure to follow me there. Hope you all have a wonderful week. Talk to you soon. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.